Remembering. Do you remember when? Have you ever started a conversation with a friend or family member with those words? We all have. And then we speak of one memory or another of the person or incident and laugh together about the event. Just months before she passed, my mother shared numerous memories with my sister and I, many we'd never heard before. She had us in stitches with her anecdotes, and we were delighted to learn more about her life as a young girl and a young bride. Perhaps you've shared such memories with your elderly family members and gained keen insights into their lives and struggles, laughter, and tears. Today, we're going to talk about remembering and its value in our personal and spiritual lives. Scott Toner informs us that memory is the foundation of culture and identity, a point Laura Jobson agrees with, explaining memories help form our identity as they provide important details of who we are and who we would like to be. She further specifies that memories help us solve problems as we recount constructive ways we dealt with challenges in the past and model those as we face similar current situations. Memories also assist in helping us forge friendships as we often recall shared events or experiences in order to establish similar in interests. Finally, Jobson offers that they help us contain or constrain our emotions as we recall ways we've experienced or expressed our emotions in the past and the consequence of such behavior. This struck a chord with me as I rarely give myself over to tears, having recalled the roaring headache that results and the fruitlessness of such weeping. The same I found is true with anger and thus attempt to keep it contained as should I let it out, it generally results in shame and guilt and never accomplishes anything good. Jobson also indicates that there's a cultural difference in how we recall memories. Western cultures generally recall long, specific, detailed memories which focus on the individual and their uniqueness and value. Whereas Asian cultures recall more general memories, focusing on the social rather than the individual, on their shared community with others. This difference even plays out in the way that each culture encourages their children to remember events, with Western cultures focusing more on the child and their own thoughts and emotions, whereas the Asian cultures avoid such personal expressions of individual pain or joy. This difference in memory recall is even found in people with depression who generally have more negative personal memories, recalling events that suggest their failure or recounting others' unkind comments or behavior. If such is the form of one's memory recall, individuals are advised to diarize their worries to release those painful triggers in memory. They are also recommended to remember specific positive memories that encourage them to remember their successes and furthermore to rehearse solutions to problems they encountered in the past. Leslie Koppelman Ross argues that memory must function as it does in the Bible as a positive force. It should not be used to inflict guilt or exact vengeance, stating that remembrance is the secret of redemption. As Moses advises the children of Israel, we are to guard ourselves and guard our souls carefully lest we forget the things our eyes have seen and they depart from our hearts. 
The psalmist agrees, telling us to remember the wondrous works that he's done, his miracles, and the judgments he's uttered. God himself states firmly, remember the things I have done in the past, for I alone am God. I am God, and there is none like me. What does God want us to remember? For one, we are to remember to observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. At this time when COVID has closed many churches and delayed the return to worship, we've allowed other events to crowd into our Sunday time of worship, which is why the Ten Commandments also informs us to remember you must not make any idols of silver or gold to rival me. Simply put, remember God. The Lord wants us to remember the importance of celebrating him and listening to his word, which is why we are to remember what it says today when you hear his voice. Don't harden your hearts as Israel did when they rebelled. We are always to keep our hearts moldable and pliable to respond to the will of God and the move the Holy Spirit in our lives. Moreover, by participating in church, we continue to engage in the sacraments as Jesus told his disciples when he instituted communion during their Passover meal. He instructed them as he took the bread and the cup, do this in remembrance of me. For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. Yet we are not to only preach his death, but his resurrection, as Paul tells Timothy, Always remember that Jesus Christ was raised from the dead. This is the good news I preach. Tim Chester argues that we need such reminders and God places them throughout scripture. They may be physical memorials such as the placing of the 12 stones in the Jordan River to remember that God stopped its flow that the children of Israel could enter the promised land. This form of physical memorial was repeated after Samuel led Israel to victory against the Philistines. Samuel placed a large stone, which he called Ebenezer, a stone of help, to illustrate how the Lord had helped them achieve victory over their enemy. Even their clothing was meant to be reminders of God's faithfulness. God advised the children of Israel to make tassels for the hems of your clothing and attach them with a blue cord. And when you see the tassels, you will remember and obey all the commands of the Lord instead of following your own desires. For some, that's a purpose of wearing a cross as a reminder to them of their commitment to Christ and the price he paid for our salvation. In this instance, we are to ensure it doesn't simply become a piece of holy hardware representing nothing but a bauble of jewelry. Always we are to wear it signifying our faith in Christ. Other reminders recounted in scripture comes in the form of celebrations, such as the various festivals that God established for the children of Israel. For us today, Christmas and Easter, if given their spiritual place of referencing Christ's birth, death, and resurrection, are also reminders of the gift of God's Son in giving his life for our redemption. Indeed, the Apostle Peter writes to his flock to remind them of God's great and precious promises that should help them grow in moral excellence. And his reminders are meant to help them stand firm in the truth they've been taught. And Peter, despite the fact that he knows he will be shortly executed for his faith, is determined to work hard to make sure they always remember these things after he is gone. 
Are we thus reminding one another of God's truths and remembering what we've been taught and sharing these with others that they too may grow in the Lord? It's important that we remember who Christ is and what he's done. Further, we are to remember what we've been taught so that we will not fall into temptation and surrender our souls and our witness. James explains, remember, when you were being tempted, do not say God is tempting me. God is never tempted to do wrong and he never tempts anyone else. Rather, we are to remember how we have persevered even during difficult times. We are to think back on those early days when we first learned about Christ and remember how we remained faithful even though it meant terrible suffering. Further, we are to remember that our spiritual discipline comes from our loving Heavenly Father and that great eternal reward awaits our steadfast faithfulness. Moreover, we are also to remember the suffering and the faithful, as Paul did of Timothy and other dedicated believers like the Philippians. We are also to remember the not-so-faithful, as Paul warns Timothy. Remember the sins of some people. are They're obvious leading them to certain judgment, but there are others whose sins will not be revealed until later. But most importantly, we are to remember that God always remembers us. He remembers his covenant promises made to Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Moses, and David. He also remembers his great eternal love for us. Thankfully, he will not remember our confessed sins now covered by the blood of Jesus. And he remembers his new covenant forged in the blood of Jesus. Beloved, what will you spend your time remembering? I would recommend that we remember God's great love for us and his eternal grace. That is the great remembrance of all. Amen.